Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Al Davis is standing next to me having a conversation, and then he goes into deep conversation about, you are a running back in high school. Why did you switch over? Said my high school. He called out my high school. And then talking about, why did you switch over in college to, to deep at the back? I looked at him like, are you kidding me? My mind was just, I was lost. I was like, I, wow. He did his homework. That blew my mind, Alex. It blew my mind. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Hey, Alex Molden here. Um, so my guest is Anthony Newman. So we published this show back in February of 2022. And it was such a dynamic. Anthony's story, his vulnerability, it really um, shed some light on some things for former athletes, but then also people who didn't play athletics because he, he learned or he taught us some things that are pertinent today, some things about passion, uh, doing your research on people. Uh, he talked about leadership and how important self-discovery is. So we got so much, um, so many reviews, so many uh, emails and text messages about Anthony and his, his knowledge that we want to reshare this. So if, if you haven't listened to this before, this is a great episode. And he, even if you have listened to this, I think re-listening to this can really open up your mind to um, a greater portion 
of who you are. So without further ado, let's dive in. How was it like, like what type of like mind frame, what type of like thought process did it take you from, from college, right? You had success in college. And then now, how was that like transferring that into the NFL, the big boys league where everybody is good? Yeah. Well, you know, I'll be transparent and be real with you. My rookie year, you know, being, being a, you know, you know, somewhat of a high draft pick, you know, second round draft pick, there's, there's, they expect a lot from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was a safety in college. And so they had, the Rams put me at corner and I was playing the the nickel, the slot, you know, playing guys that were off the ball and I couldn't jam. I was running all over trying to, you know, I'm 215 trying to cover these little dudes. And so I, I, I'll never forget this. My rookie year, I, during training camp, uh, I remember calling my mother and I said, I don't know if this is for me. I, I don't know if I can hang. I said, this, wow. this is, this is no joke. I said, mentally I'm exhausted. Physically, I'm exhausted. I'm playing out of position. And all they do is scream at me and yell at us. And all we do is hit each other all day long. Uh, and that, back then, training camp was different. We had like four <laughs> weeks of training camp. We had, matter of fact, take that. Let's go back. The rookies had two weeks of training camp. Then the veterans came in. We had another three weeks of training camp. Wow. So, and we were banging every single day. There's no, there's no day off back in the day. Wow. Oh, it was, and then every time I turned around, the Chargers were coming up from San Diego to train against us. And anytime in training camp, you have another team trying to train with you, that brings out battles because you got to yeah. do it on that team trying to make your team, trying to feed his family. So he's trying to knock your teeth out. And you're doing the same. There's no buddy-buddy system. <laughs> so yeah. those those practices are intense. And when you don't understand your situation your position what's going on and you're trying to deal with dudes who are just as good as you are faster than you and it's all new man that was that was that was that was that was brutal for me my 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 the training camp was tough and i called my mother crying i said this ain't i'm not gonna i'm i'm coming home this ain't gonna work <laughs> this is too, i don't think i'm gonna make it and she said well you told me this with your freshman year in college you said the same thing i said uh-huh. yeah she goes you need to hang in there. You need, you need to do what you do. This is don't let them kick you out. Don't th- don't take yourself out. So mm. twelve years later, I twelve guess years I, later, <laughs> that's some great advice. <laughs> that was some that was some phenomenal advice. I love it. So what um you know because I think about us and and you know me being you know seeing you and I, I saw you in different environments in a locker room. But then once we went to the game or in practice, you like flipped the script. <laughs> you turn into this, this beast, this animal. And it was very inspiring because, you know, I'm a, I play corner. I was like right. a little dude on the, on the edge. I'm, I gotta be, a, I gotta think I gotta, I mean, we all have to think, but like that fiery that, you know, you, I, I believe you have to have somebody like that on the team that can get the team going it might be some words or it can be some actions and sometimes it was both yeah and i remember hearing stories about you before i got there on how and you can tell me if it's true or false but it was during a a certain period and it was like it was one-on-ones and 
some tight end caught a ball on you. You got upset, and I heard you ripped his helmet off <laughs> and beat him up or something like that. I don't know if it's true or false. I just, I just before I even stepped on the field with you, I was like, I got, hey, you got to watch out for this cat. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> there's been so my temper has got me in trouble, uh, uh, all the way from when I was a little kid. Again, I guess it's being the only child trying to protect yourself and deal and deal with you. Um, and, um, during, when you're playing the game, I have a lot of passion for the game because I love it. And I like that passion is a, is a word that, that you yeah. often, I can see in you and you say it. Yes. It's, it's passion. It's not, it's not, I'm not angry. You know, I'm not mad at the dude. I just have passion and I'm competitive. So if you're on the other side of the ball and you're trying to embarrass me, that's not going to happen. And my, I remember my father used to say the same thing. And, you know, again, he was always protecting himself and always, you know, uh, you know, back in the 60s, you know, being a, you know, the second black police officer hired in Portland. He was up against a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he used to say, I'm going to work and I'm not going to get hurt. You know, I'm I, I, I'm a, I'm going to take care of myself. And then he used to say, when you get in battles, you know, it's like, OK, I'm in fights. I'm not going to get hit, you know, so, I'm, I, you know, I'm 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 being the aggressor I'm, I'm getting after you and so i use that in football with with, with passion the, the hey i'm not gonna go out there and get run over because i know this dude's trying to hurt me and make me look bad and so i had to get my mindset ready for that i had to get my mind prepared for that uh for that uh, uh one-on-one competition type situation so in that practice there's a, there a, there a couple of practices where Especially when tight ends, when, when a tight end catches the ball on me, I used to get so upset because the tight end, he's not it's tight. Come end. on, it's a tight end, it's a tight end, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's one t- guy, the guy cut a tight end, and and then you know if they start, you know, celebrating and mocking, then 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 he just strikes a chord against me, and then so, you know, one thing leads to another, a helmet's coming off, and and and, and you know, <laughs> things are happening. You know, I know what <laughs> one time a guy, another tight end. So I was with the Rams, caught the ball on me, and I grabbed his collar and didn't mean to grab it because I was mad. And then he was ranting and raving, and I said, hey, I'm sorry. And then he was still ranting and raving, so I just picked him up and body slammed him. Those things happened because of passion, <laughs> competitive. That's what <laughs> those, those, see, I was a wrestler back in the day, so I tried to do some of those moves every now and then <sighs> to do all that stuff. See, and that's so, why I don't mess with no wrestlers. You know, <laughs> wrestlers cats. No, I don't mess with them. Hand to hand combat, but it's just you in a phone booth. Now what you gonna do? You know, so yeah. <laughs> that's what what happened. And, and it was funny that you know that passion. I, I think you know it. I was able to, and you're one of my teammates to to express my passion to you before games and during maybe during practice and excite yourself into playing well or to going out there doing your doing what you can do uh and i use it now as as a coaching tool with my passion and trying to excite the kids to go out and and play well and believe in each other and one family one heartbeat and all the we're we're in it together uh and so you know the passion for the game is is unreal with me it it really is or i should say this the passion that i have with, with anything that i love is unreal. Like my family, you know, my friends, like yourself, uh, those passions, you know, and, and, uh, with, with those people and with the game and they're strong and it, it's, yeah. it, it's a, it's a strong hold. So, uh, I, I was able to 
express myself verbally with my teammates to uh, with that passion uh, and then physically on the field, try to express the same same way, because, you know, some people, they're leaders by example and they're, they're leaders by uh, verbal you know, talk, but sometimes talk is cheap. You got to go out there and do something. Got to go ahead and do it. Action. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Action speaks so well. No need to hear what you have to say. So, yeah, uh, yeah I. It, it, so the, the passion is strong. It was. It's very strong. And and folks, I want to tell you, um, me and so me and uh, Anthony, we coach at this high school out in Westland, Oregon. We we coach together. Um, I think we're going on our third year. Yeah. And yeah. it, 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 it excites me because the words that he's saying are true. And I remember seeing him like he gets he's our defense coordinator and he gets the kids going before games or even during practices when he sees there's a lull or something happened. He's very passionate and the kids, they get going. The eyeballs get big. And I'm just sitting in the back just laughing. I was like, dude, I remember that 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard it, and it's, it still get me going. I still want to run through a brick wall. But uh, you know, he's talking about he's talking about like leadership, and so you know, you being plans as long as you have. And I would love to hear like, like what is your? You've seen good leadership, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've seen bad leadership mm-hmm. from both as a position, right, as a coach or having coaches. But then also as players, what is the what is the difference between good coaches and bad coaches? Or I should say good leaders and yeah. bad leaders. Well, and again, I, I you know, I, I love my father to death, so I speak highly of him. I, I learned a lot of, the, of leadership from my father, uh, being in the military and in the, in the police department. And he used, to, he used to talk about leadership all the time and, and, you know, good leaders and bad leaders. And and will your men follow you? you know, up the hill, uh, through, through battle, you know, in the military, that's, that's, if you have a good general, they'll do anything for you. If you're a good coach, your kids will do anything for you. If you are a good teammate, your teammates will always be by your side. Uh, that's a leader. That That's a guy that, that, that people trust in what you say and what you do. Uh, and, and so I try to follow that format of being a good leader. When I look at good leaders, I look at the coaches that I played for over the years. Okay, would I would I would I jump in front of a train for, you know, for this guy? Or would I jump out of the way of a train and let him get hit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one yeah. of one of we we've me and Alex have been on a team where we we had a coach that we might oh, jump boy. out the way. Uh, oh, uh <laughs> I know exactly the person you're talking about. <laughs> we may jump out the way and gonna let him get hit by that train. <laughs> But <laughs> I got my people to take care of. Um, yeah. But but there's there's leaders that you sit out there and and you you try to mimic and you try to follow because you know that they're doing the right thing and they're leading their people to whatever it may be in business, uh, your 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 company, uh, your coaching staff, your your teammates playing the game, or just your buddies as as, as uh, your buddies kind of follow you and, and do things and 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 and, and stay around you. Leadership is is not about yelling and screaming and saying I'm the boss. It has nothing to do with that. Leadership is about trust. It's about can people trust what you say and trust what you do. That's more important. Trust what you do and how you act around them. Can they trust that? Have you built trust in your people uh, or the people uh, next to you that if you say certain things, they will follow you. 
they believe in what you say. And that's huge. And that's what leadership is. A lot of people think, well, just because I go yell at somebody and scream at somebody, they're going to follow me. No, that, that has nothing to do with it. You're just yelling. You're just being loud. Um, just because you're loud don't mean you're right. You know, so it, it's important to understand that. Do they trust you? Uh, do, they, do, they, do they feel that there's a, there's, a, there's a comfort level being with you that they feel that, hey, yeah, he'll take care of me. And, you know, we, we talk about this leadership and how today these young kids, uh, uh, you're at home, you're, you're living in, in Miami and a coach comes out from Oregon to come recruit you in Miami and he comes into your house. Okay, well, you know he's the he's the boss man. He, he, he Dan Lanning, the, the new head coach of Oregon, he's coming into your house. Okay, do you trust this guy? C- can you trust this guy? Can your family and your mom and your dad trust this guy to lead you going out west, you know, thousands of miles and being away from your family? Do you trust this man to lead my son? C- you know, c- can he be that guy that I'm going to follow? And, and everything that he says and everything that he does is it there for me? That's leadership. And if you can trust that, but it starts with trust. If you can feel mm-hmm. that, feel that trust and do that and go, yeah, this is the guy. I feel it. I trust him. We're going to go with him. Or yeah, he's my head coach. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. I'm going to do anything. for. Him. Matter of fact, I'm going to work harder because I want to, I want to succeed for him. He feels, I, I feel, I feel like there's a couple of coaches. I feel like they're my, my father. They're like my big brother. I don't want to disappoint them. So I'm going to work harder for them. Because I trust them as a leader and I, and I feel what they're doing and I understand what they're doing and I trust what they're doing. So I'm going to follow. That's leadership. That really is. Man, that's, that's such a good point. And just to go even a little bit deeper is like to build that, that trust, there has to be, and you do it a lot, but there has to be vulnerability. Yeah. Right. When... Yeah. I'm coaching, whether it's athletes or if I'm coaching, you know, these these adults, executives to be better leaders, like I have to be vulnerable. I have to show them like, man, this is when I messed up. This is when a mistake, when when I said something or the character that I had at that moment. Right. Which, you know, people say that, oh, he's he's he or she is acting out of character. No. That's who they are. You just happen to see them in this different environment. And so when you can open up and share some things, some mistakes, not just all the, the great stuff, the good stuff, but yeah. some of the, yeah, some of the mistakes, then that's when trust starts to reveal itself. Yeah. It's not always talking about successes. Right. It's about those different failures that has happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I like what you said. And it's so important when a man can go to his teammates or to his, his staff and say, hey, I, I'm sorry. I, I messed that up. You know, that, that, that's on me. I, you know, I, I, I need to do better. And I led you guys down the wrong path with this last game or with this last call. You know, I'm, I'm going to fix that. OK, so it, it, it's up to me to fix that and, and just keep following me. That right there is telling you, hey, yes, hey, he he just admitted that he messed up. He didn't he didn't do this. Oh no, it's his yeah. fault. It's his fault. Because that happens <laughs> at every yes. at, at, in every at every level in any type of on campus sports business, uh, what nonprofit that happens. Yes, 
Yes, they want to point somewhere else. And if you're pointing somewhere else, then I don't want to be with that person because it's never his fault. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. And then if it's never his fault, then I can't trust him. You know, he can't admit to his his wrongdoings, you know, and 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 so, uh, yeah, you're still right about that. It's can can a guy be human because everybody's human. Everybody's going to make mistakes. And if you're not making mistakes, then you're not human. Then, then, whoa, who are you? (laughs) So everybody making mistakes. Mm, but the, but how do you di- uh, differentiate yourself? Yeah, you say I made a mistake instead of like sweeping underneath the rug. <laughs> yes, um, you know what I want to talk to you about. So you t- also about leadership, and I'm a big believer uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. You make relationships. I see how you interact with with people, not just your, you know, our high school varsity football players, but with anybody. And I want you to talk about because this has really stuck with me. Ever since you told me the story when you were with the Raiders mm-hmm. and the owner, Mr. Al Davis, mm-hmm. had an interaction with you. Uh-huh. Can you can you can you uh, talk yes. about that? Because that was yes. that was powerful. That was very powerful. Well, uh, so it, it's kind of funny because Al Davis, when you say the word Al Davis, you say the Raiders. That's the man. And you know, growing up, you know, me loving the Raiders. Uh, watching them when I was little, uh, and I didn't know that I was, you know, Al Davis was the owner at one point, you know, and in part of that whole thing, uh, that was a, a coach there. It was unbelievable, and, and so coming out of college, it's kind of funny, Alex. Coming out of college, going through the draft process, I thought I was going to get drafted by the Raiders, and they wanted to draft me late first round, um, and they were deciding between a corner. And a, and a safety. They're going back and forth. And Willie Brown, the great, you know, the, Willie Brown, he put the back for the Raiders, Hall of Famer. Uh, he was he was coming up to uh, Eugene quite a bit, talking to me and doing working out with me, and said, "Hey, man, we you know we really want you." Da da da. But they they end up taking uh, Terry McDaniel. McDaniel from Tennessee. From Tennessee, yeah. Yep. <laughs> taking Terry McDaniel from Tennessee, uh, and, and so uh, they went a different route. But going what eight years down the road, next thing you know, or maybe nine years, I can't remember, nine years, yeah. uh, I had an opportunity to play for the Raiders. Uh, maybe 10 years. Wow. Time flies. <laughs> and, and so I, I remember that the first year there, I, and I was so happy. I was like, yeah, this is my childhood team going for the Raiders. Uh, and it was pretty cool because there were, there were several of us players on that team that went from New Orleans Saints to the Raiders. That's right. With with our coach, one of our coaches. Okay, one of our coaches. So I I was really happy about that whole situation. So I remember being on the practice field. I'll never forget this. And I'm sitting there where offense is out there doing stuff and I'm watching things, got my helmet off. And then people used to say, you can can smell the man coming before he's standing next to you. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? You can say, you can smell Al Davis coming before he gets here because all the polo cologne that he put on Oh, that's... That, he, that he wears, it's so strong that you go, oh, Al must be out here. And you look around and you see Al over there, right? <laughs> that stuff was so strong. And he had his little towel with him. So I remember, you know, standing there and I could just smell something. And next thing you know, Al Davis is standing right next to me. And I said, oh, hey, <laughs> hey, Mr. Davis, how you doing? And he goes, hey, Anthony, how you doing? I said, good, good, good. And I'm sitting there kind of in awe. Yeah, I'm a yeah. professional football player, but I'm standing next to the owner, Al Davis. Now, I have never been approached by any owner ever in my life. 
period, ever, ever. I, here's the thing. I'm not the quarterback, so the owners aren't talking to me. You know, yeah. I'm not the star player that I start off with a tackle who's protecting that quarterback that's signing that crazy amount of money contract. I'm just a deep at the back on the team, you know, <laughs> just somebody on defense. So he's standing next to me, and I said, hey. He goes, hey. He goes, first of all, he goes, I want to say that we are so happy to, ha- to get you on our football team. I said, oh, thank you, thank you. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, he goes you know, we wanted you out of, out of college. I said, I know, I know. I said, yeah, I, I remember t- I was talking to Willie Brown about that, and we were, we were, we were going back and forth. He goes, yeah, we, I wanted you bad, boy, because you can run. He says, you went to that combine and you ran. I said, yeah, I, I, I got a little speed. He goes, yeah, I love speed. I said, I know you love speed. <laughs> so, so he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, now tell me something. I said, yeah. And this would shock me. He goes, now in high school, you were a running back at Beaverton High School. He goes, why did you switch over to defensive back in college? Alex, that blew my mind. I said, wait, 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 hold up. First of all, you're the owner, okay? Second of all, first, you came to me and said, congratulations. Thank, you know, I want to thank you for being on our team. That shocked me, first of all. Now you're asking Have me you about- Have you ever heard those things from an owner before? Never, never. Owners don't even look my way. I've never even, you know, I've seen an owner- uh, Georgia Frontier, who was the owner of the Rams, she's sitting there and, you know, she just kind of passes you and walks by you and kind of keeps on walking. There's no conversations. Tom Benson. Well, this, I was about to say Tom Benson. I, I, I never even saw him. I don't think I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think I might saw the umbrella that he had walking around, but I, I never even saw him, you know. So Al Davis is standing next to me having a conversation, and then he goes into deep conversation about, you are a running back in high school. Why did you switch over? Said my high school. He called out my high school. And then talking about why did you switch over in college to, to deep at the back? I looked at him like, are you kidding me? My mind was just, I was lost. I was like, I, wow. He did his homework. That blew my mind, Alex. It blew my mind. So a person in a leadership position should do their homework on the people that they're hiring. Yeah. They should communicate, they should build a relationship. Cause it was different. If you were to, if you had backtrack and if you were to go to Mr. Al Davis and hey, you know, it was great to be on the, the Raiders. I'm a big right. fan. No, it's a different feeling when it yeah. comes from that person in, in a position of leadership coming down and introducing himself and asking you questions you know, from doing homework, that is powerful. It blew my mind. And at that point, I said to myself, I'm, I'm devoted to this team. I'm going to do anything I can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work harder. I'm going to study more film. John Gruden was our coach at the time. I'm like, you know, and he treated me the same way. Uh, it, I was like, okay, th- this is the team right here. I should have been here when I, out of college. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, what you know, and it's kind of. And it, here's another thing, and I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. It's kind of strange. They still treat us the same way today as alumni. I get birthday cards from them. What? I get. I oh, Alex, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I I I only played a few years with them. They treat me like I'm gold, and every other alumni that they have in their program, 
They, 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 they talk to us once a week, every, maybe every two weeks with letters. They communicate with us. Like I said, they send you birthday cards. They send you Christmas cards. They send you all the stuff about, hey, we're having this gathering. Love to see you here. Uh, it's unbelievable Man, how they treat us. I don't even us. know a college. The Oregon don't even do that to me. And, we, and, no. we both, and we're both Hall of Famers exactly. at the University of Oregon. <laughs> yes. Have you ever gotten – hold on. You know, you know what? You probably get a letter like that. You probably get a birthday card. Nope. Me, I don't get nothing. I don't get anything from Oregon. And you get that Never. from from a from I was a I was only there for two years. It's not like I was I was drafted by the Rams. I That's was a, I was a rival. I, I we were in the same city. I was going against them for seven. And then I I, I have not gotten it. I don't think I got a letter from the Rams right now and, as an alumni. And it's twenty years since you've played. Yes, and they're still sending me stuff. They, man, come on, man. It's it's unreal. We we all every Raider alumni has a in the new stadium uh, in Vegas. They have a uh, a brick and with your name on it, and it's implanted in it's embedded in in, in on the ground. Hold on. And if they I sit go to me, Vegas. If I go to Vegas tomorrow, there's going to be a brick yes. with your name and Eric yes. Allen's name on it. Yes, with our name and jersey number. And Anthony knew, and there's and just a big, it's 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 a break. Man, damn. And they sent me they they, they they sent me one that looks just like it, and I was like, you you got to be kidding me, you you got to be kidding me. Matter of fact, you not. That's why Raider Nation is Raider Nation. That's why. And wow. so th- that type of thing from the beginning of Al Davis coming up to me, you know, to not I'm not your star player. Uh, let's be real. Let's be transparent. I'm not your star player coming in there. I'm a starter that's going to come in there and a veteran player that's going to help this team out for the defense. But I'm not your star player that you just gave up, you know, God loads of money to. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm going on the end of my career. You know, I I, I got a few years left. But yet yeah. he come, but he did his homework, you know, to tell me about, wait, you were running back in high school and called out my high school. Like you had, you had to look that up somewhere, dude. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't wow, you have better things is, to do? <laughs> that's his job, I guess. That's that's hey. that's so cool, man. Yeah, that, that's relationships. leadership. That's leadership yeah, and, and relationships. relationships. Making relationships. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. So, how did what you've learned in the NFL and, and in college? How did that help you, or did it help you when you retired? And you start to figure out, like, was there ever a point, and I talk about it, you know, with myself, it's like, there was a point where I didn't know who I was because, you know, I I, I didn't yeah. do enough research on myself. That platform of playing professional sports, it it consumed me. And and once I finished, I was like, oh, hold on. I, Things are supposed to be great. I got money in the bank, cars, got houses, multiple houses. I, I, it's supposed to be Gucci, but it wasn't, and I was lost. And I, so, I, so I love to, you know, have different conversations with, you know, with folks who played at a high level. Was that was that the same feeling you had, or did you already have like a plan, kind of set up of not just what you wanted to do, but who you wanted to be? Isn't it weird and strange that to hear something like that from you and every other player that that's in our circle, that we all have the same event that we went through, that same story, 
I, I had the exact same story coming out of the league. And, and sometimes they say, you know, when you get in the league, they say you want to play a long time. And it's, you know, can you play a long time? Can you get over six years, seven years, what have you? Then they say when you get, you know, past 10 or past eight, say past eight, it could be a curse. And, and the curse is that all you know is sport, all you know is football. Mm-hmm. So I come out of college. Well, Mark, let's go back to college. Four mm-hmm. years of college doing the same thing. I'm fo- I follow a schedule every day that's given to me by my coaching staff. And my, I'm, I'm, and my professors, I have class. Okay, now I got something for my coaching staff. Okay, I got to follow the schedule. They tell you when to eat. They tell you when to work out. They tell you when we have practice. They yeah. tell you when to get on the plane. They tell you what hotel we're staying at. When They, they give you your room key. And, and it's constant all the time. I get into the NFL, same thing. So same now thing. I'm going through this until I'm in the age of 34 years old. So the guys that I, that I, that I went to high school with, uh, and didn't play in the NFL, they had to learn life experiences and live, you know, the, the life, the normal life at the early age of, you know, 24, 25. I wasn't doing that because I was catered. I was put in a little bottle and moved around and say, okay, we're taking care of you. So here's where you're going to stay. Here's what we're going to do. Here's your little, here's your little schedule. Here's when you work out. Here's your day off every day, yeah. every single day. So people say, well, you should have been doing something else and should be prepared to do something else while you're playing. And my dad used to say, well, how do you do that? He goes, if I want to be great at something, I need to master something. I can't master that and do other, other things and be great at what I'm trying to be. Uh, be, it, be a football player trying to be great and trying to master that. How can I do that if I'm trying to open up a business, if I'm trying to start a broadcast company, if I'm trying to do this, but yet I still got to play football. Because that's my income. That's what I do. That's what I need to be great at at that time. And I need to focus every single second of my life to that sport that's that's, uh, allowing me to feed my family. So you're stuck in that. You're stuck in that groove of I got to. This is what I'm doing. As you get older and you you, you get towards the the, the end of your career, you start to think, oh, yeah, okay, I better have I better have a plan. I better have, what am I going to do when I get, when I'm finished? Let's see. I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, I'm 34 years old now. What do I want to do? Wow. <laughs> I've been playing football yeah. for a long time. Okay. Let's see. Maybe construction. Construction. Well, I got a cousin that's been doing construction. Maybe uh, coaching. Nah, I don't want to coach because those people are never home with their families. You know, what, yep. what am I trying to do here? That's, that's, the, that's the road that we get stuck on. And we're driving down that road trying to figure that out. And we're lost because once the season's over with, now you're going, well, wait a minute. I don't have anybody telling me what to do. I don't have anybody telling me, okay, I need to get on the plane at five o'clock because we need to, we need to, we're going to Atlanta. I don't have anybody telling me, okay, well, here's your workout for the next three months or two months because then we're going to change to this workout. I'm mm-hmm. working out on my own. No one's telling me to, to, to run faster, to work harder. I'm in a gym. You know, at some gym working out with everybody just kind of casually working out. Wait, what's going on here? I'm yeah. lost. So the day that I retired, we were in Oakland. Uh, again, let's be transparent in this in this deal, Alex. I I I sat there in my in in our home, and the kids and my wife they, they went swimming because it was hot, about hundred degrees. I remember that day. 
And I sat in her house and I cried. And I said, what am I going to do with my life? Because all I know is football. Yeah. And then I think about, well, everybody keeps telling me, well, you should have had something else planned. I have some things set up. Yes, I had a construction thing, construction company set up to do. I kind of set that up because that was something that I was told to do, have something prepared and ready to go and do after I get done playing. So I kind of set that up a little bit. So I had that kind of set ready to go, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't all into that thing. And that was something that I was just doing because I was told to do, you know? And so, but I was still lost and I was depressed and I was in that house and the curtains were drawn. And it was dark. And I was sitting in there going, I don't know how to deal with this. Uh, and so then me and the wife, we packed up, got the kids and said, let's go back to Oregon. And we moved back to Oregon. And by the way, before that, um, as I was going out, Coach Gruden asked me to, to, to say, hey, you know, do you maybe want to stay on and do some coaching, you know, with us here at the Raiders? And I thought about that as, as well. But my thing is this. I'm a family guy. Um, and I'm all about family and being around my kids and making sure that I'm going to be there for my kids as, as, as they grow up in life. And, and, and being that dad that can be at the prom, that they can be at the, at the field trip and, and can coach them in their sports. Going into NFL coaching, you can't do that. You're never home. You're always missing your kids' graduation or missing your kids' uh, uh, basketball tournament or football tournament because you're, you're coaching your professional team or you're doing yeah. something. And or you're moving the kids, you become that military type guy that you're moving the kids from state to state because you go from one job to the next job to the next job. So you're all over the place. I didn't want that life for my family. I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to Oregon and we're going to stay right here and raise these kids in one house. And they're going to, they're they're, going to, they're going to know that that, that's home for them. And they know nothing but that, but I was still lost. Mm. Yeah. We came back to Oregon. I'm still lost. I'm trying to do this construction company that I knew nothing about, that I, I didn't really know construction. Now I, I relied on my, my, my cousin to kind of help run this thing. But I remember going to the office and going, sitting at my desk going, so what am I doing? What, 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 what okay, this terminology, I don't even know what this termino- terminology this is. Different is. language, different language. different language. I don't know. I, I don't call who? I don't know that dude. What, what do I say? It, it was like, well, what am I doing? Uh, yeah. So, you know, and then finally, I remember my wife, Terry, said, you need to do something that you love. What do you love? I said, I love coaching. I love being with, I love, I love helping kids. I love sports. Do something with sports. And that's how I started my sport camp company and started doing uh, camps for kids, uh, which gave me life. It gave me something uh, to, to work towards. It it gave me happiness. It gave me uh, the connection to my football of what I did for years of yeah. training and getting prepared and, and coaching kids and seeing the success over time. That was my connection. That was my, I should call well fail safe or, or my savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was because I was lost as well as you. I was yeah. lost. Yeah. I think man, <laughs> having those, having those insights, because a lot of times, you know, with, being doing something for and not just in sports but having success doing it at a high level 
over time, all that, you know, your ego starts to kind of like, you know, tell, tell yourself that, Hey, no, I got it. I got it all figured out. And the sooner you can be like, no, I don't have it all figured out. I need to figure out who I am first, what my passions are outside of that sport. And then what steps do I need to take to, you know, to become that, that person that, that still is passionate, like that same amount of passion, like in that sport, can I have that when I'm done? Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see like, man, cause you, you've, you've ran this very successful. I mean, it's all across Oregon. People know about the Anthony Newman <laughs> sports camps. And so how did that concept come up? Did you always, um, uh, like, did you already have like people in place or did you be like, man, I need this person. Can this person help me? Can this person kind of be my mentor or did you have a coach or, or how'd that come about? I had a couple moments playing professional ball. I even in college at an all-star game that inspired me to come back and help the kids from my state. Mm. And, uh, the situation is that I'm from the state of Oregon. When I came out, you know, we're going back. There's not a lot of, first of all, the population in, in, in Portland or the state of Oregon is not that big compared to when you're talking about California, you're talking about Texas, you're talking about Florida. Those mm-hmm. are the states that are putting out football players. They're producing football players. So coming from the state of Oregon, you don't see a lot of football players coming out to play professional football. Or, or being, you know, uh, at that elite level of college and playing in an all-star game. So I had experiences where I was playing in these all-star games or going to the pros, and guys would ask me, where are you from? I said, I'm from Oregon, Portland, Oregon. And they would go, well, wait, where's is, is where is that? Is that up there by Alaska? I said, Alaska? <laughs> what are y'all talking about? <laughs> so what school did you go to? <clears throat> so I, 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 over time, hearing that, I would get upset about that. I'm like, that is driving me crazy. Mm. And so I remember being in the league and I said to myself early in my career, early, real early, I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to go back to my state and I'm going to provide some camps or something for kids. They have the opportunity to get a free education and play football and maybe getting to the league. So we have more players from the state of Oregon making it to the NFL. And I said, I'm, 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 that's what I want to do. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what I kind of wanted to do. And so a good friend of ours, who also went to Oregon, a very good friend of mine, J.J. Burden, who played, also was from Oregon, played at Lake Ridge High School, played at University, University of Oregon, played nine years in the league as a receiver. We got together in our early years uh, and put on a football camp. And for the first mm-hmm. 10 years, it was a free football camp that we put on. We came back to the state and we would bring back all these NFL players and, and as guests and we didn't charge the kids and we put on a, you know, we wanted to help our community and we both had the same same dreams of helping our kids in our community uh, have success and, have, and, and gaining knowledge from, uh, you know, these good coaches that we had on the staff as well as the NFL players coming in to visit these kids. So that's where it started as far as, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this camp uh, and we're going to run this camp and, and, and provide something. And that one camp led to my company, which is Anthony Newman Sport Camps of providing 
more than football. Let's let's do a you know sport camp company where I provide uh, you know all kinds of sports for all types of kids, uh, and so it and help them you know excel in what they're trying to do. And that's where it started, you know. And so mm. um, the free camp was just something that we, we kind of put together, and it, we just it ran itself, and it got it it, it was funny because it, it got so big. We were having fourteen hundred kids a day at the camp. Oh, I remember. Yes. And that was a day. It, it, it was a three day camp. And we had over 100 coaches on the staff. We had, I don't know, you know, over 100 volunteers. And matter of fact, we were creating traffic jams on the road, people trying to come into the high school. It was it was craziness, you know, and but it was it was a great opportunity. It was a great, great way to, to meet good people, to coach a bunch of good kids, boys or girls, regardless. And, you know, it's kind of funny because the, the, our, the wives got together and put on a cheerleading camp at the same time. Yes, and so right. we all kind of yeah. ran it together. And we had a cheerleading camp over here. We had the football camp over here. And, and that whole thing was, 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 was something that was rewarding. And it, w- it made me happy. And yeah. that's why it go, I go back to where the wife said, do something that you love. What do you love to do? The, the free football camp was not a, was not a company. We, were, we didn't do that to make money. I didn't do that to provide my living. For my family, I was still trying to do a construction company, you know, construction deal with this construction company. But when I said, "Yeah, why? Yeah, I need to run a sport camp company," for, you know, that that's a business, and 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 do the things that I love to do with this business as a sport camp company. Why deal with construction? <laughs> you know, yeah, what am yeah. I doing? So that's where that change came over, where I, you know, got rid of the construction company, started my sport camp company, and been doing it over twenty something years, thirty something, twenty something, twenty yeah, almost thirty yeah. something years. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's, that's so dope. <laughs> so so doing that, and then parlaying like all the knowledge you have on the football field, and then now you're on TV. You on TV? <laughs> is it still sports radio? You still on radio uh, too? Yeah, I'm doing radio too. I do Talking Ducks, uh, and then we do uh, sports radio with 1080 The Fan. I uh, do the uh, uh, weekend show there. So, yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. It, it's it's and, and again, it's just I, I'm still involved with the game of football. I'm not that lost child anymore. I'm not that lost person mm-hmm. walking down the road trying to figure out where where do I go in life. I'm still doing stuff. Uh, or dealing with with things that that's my love yeah. and foot as you know i tell the kids this that the reason why i'm passionate for football because football brought me everything in my life it it allowed me to meet my wife and have my children it allowed me to to provide for my children and my wife it it, it uh as i was growing up it it it, it put me uh in a situation to be successful. And I, I was able to learn a lot from it, dealing with adversities, bouncing back from adversities, uh, uh, being stronger, you know, being stronger minded, uh, physically uh, strong uh, and, and taking care of myself physically. All those things, that's what football brought to my life. And that's why I'm so passionate and, and respect the game so much. Mm, love that. Man, I can talk forever you know you know that, but let me I uh, one last question, okay, all right, what is a question that I didn't ask that you wish I would have asked? what is the <laughs> what is the question uh 
I don't know. You asked everything. <laughs> is this a trick question? No, uh, no, it's not. Bad. So, so if you if if uh, if okay, I have how about this? How about this? I'm gonna change it up because this is a good one. What is something? It can be one or two things, but what is something the fifty year old Anthony Newman? Thank you, just fifty. I'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take that. Would, uh, something that the the twenty two year old that you would tell the twenty two year old Anthony Newman about anything? Well, we did. I, I touched base on it, but I didn't really go into it. And, and we 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 we, we, we kind of you know covered it a little bit, but it, it's it's dealing with adversities in life. So if I'm 22 and I, I you know I get drafted, get ready to make the pros, I'm the happiest man in the world. But I have to know that adversity is going to strike me in time. I'm gonna have to deal with it. I would tell myself, but don't let those adversities keep you down because you have to learn to bounce back. And we hear that we hear this all the time in football. It's all about the next play. It's more important than the last. Okay. So what you do on the next play, you have to forget the last one. If you got beat for a 30 yard pass and they got the first down, okay, you have to move on. In life, we're going to get struck with certain things in our life that, that that's going to drop us backwards a little bit. It's going to hurt us. So if I'm talking to a 22-year-old Anthony Newman, I'm going to tell them, tell him, be prepared to be strong and be prepared to bounce back. And be prepared to say, hey, no one can keep you down. Okay, It's all about moving forward in life. And I tried to tell my kids that all the time. And, and, and now my kids are... I lost eight, but 27, 20, 25, and 22. And, you know, you're going through a part in your life where it's tough. You're a young person trying to deal with real life. And you're going to face a lot of adversities. I didn't get the job. I didn't get this part. I, I'm, I'm a movie. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an actor. I didn't get the part over here. You're going to face that a lot. But you got to move on. You, you got to keep, keep going down the road. and You got to stay strong. You got to keep your head up, up above water. And uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's what I would tell a young Anthony Newman. Yo, what's up? So check this out. If you like today's episode, I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, I want you to subscribe to the show. And I want you to give it a rating. Five stars are dope. We love those. And then give it a review. And so I'm saying this not for selfish reasons, but it's to help us all out. The more ratings that we get and, and the more reviews that we get, the bigger, more impactful guests that I can get on the show. And so, you know, it's a win-win for everyone. But it starts with you giving a review, rating it, and sharing it. All right? So if you can do that, we can all have a greater or make a better, greater impact. All right? So until next time, keep aligning assigning and adjusting to the person that you want to become. All right. So if you got some value from today's episode and you're looking for the next step, well, here it is. I want you to su subscribe to our Facebook group. It's called the Shark Effect Group. And when you get in, 
you'll be linked up with some other former elite level athletes. And they'll be there sharing some actionable steps and advice to get you to where you want to go because they are there. They are where you want to go. Uh, they're fighting to get further. And so you can get some, some value from just joining a group, and it's free. So you don't have to worry about anything like that, about paying. But I suggest if you're looking for the next steps to get to where you want to go and have a life of impact and purpose, because you are set apart. Former elite level athletes, you are different. And you need to be able to learn how to use your influence to benefit you. So I want you to go over to the Facebook group and join it. And join it today. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tra to transition. What, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down, I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you gotta understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision-making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure, check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.